Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number two of Junk Rares, the Magic the Gathering podcast, where we talk about our experiences, magic news, playing Commander, and doing it on a budget. I'm one of your hosts, Jeffrey Daniel. I'm your other host, as always, Tyler Nichols. Oh, uh, we got a good show for you this week, guys. Um, we'll obviously be doing Random Commander like we do every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some spoiler talk. Everybody loves spoiler season. Dragons of Tarkir. We both uh, have enjoyed spoilers. Great. There's some, there's some yeah. fun stuff for both of our play styles. Um, I mean, it's only episode two, but already a little outside of the wheelhouse. Uh, we picked up Elspeth versus uh, Kiora. I almost said Elspeth Tyria. I almost said, like, Elspeth's full name. <laughs> Um, yeah, we picked one up. Uh, it's not budget, but we picked one up. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, we went Havsy, so it was kind of budget. Yeah. So uh, we'll be reviewing the Elspeth vs. Cure dual deck, uh, how it relates to you as a commander player, how it relates to you as a casual player, and if it's worth your purchase in general. Mm-hmm. Um, this week on Commander Corner, we'll be discussing Talrand and how to build him on a budget. And for extra flavor, a second way to build him, my pet deck version of Talrand, which we'll get to later. And then uh, we also got some uh, fun... Uh, budget card pull stories. We both have a story or two about like finding good cards uh, cheaper than you would expect, and well, in my case, good condition. <laughs> we'll get to your story later. But uh, as always, as we will always do, we'll be starting this week with a uh, random commander. So here we go. I'm a Batman fan. Yeah, yeah I love the Joker. <laughs> All right, who do we got? Oh, we're fine. Oh, well. oh. oh. <laughs> All right, take it this away. This is something I could talk about easily. Take it away, Tyler. Yeah, um, <laughs> so our random commander is Oloro, Aegis Aesthetic. And if you don't remember, I mean, for those of you who listened last week, we talked about the whole Felidar Sovereign, and we told the Windcat Wind story. Yeah. Um, your, the, your, what, your first deck. Yeah, right. One of the odds, I don't know. One out of yeah. many legendary oh, creatures se- there. Second week ever, and we got my first commander <laughs> deck ever. Although, what are the chances? This is two weeks in a row that we got a, pre-con? a commander 13 precon because Mind Seas They probably don't was think it's Jaleva. random. They probably don't think it's random. Oh, probably not <laughs> at this point. And this week we get a little... And the thing is, like... These decks all came with alternate commanders. Yeah. Like, Jaleva had Nekazur and, I think, Thraxamundar. Oh, yeah. Aloro had Shroom and Sindri, Galvanic Genus. Um, But we we haven't even pulled these. These were, like, the The big card that you got, like, the main deck. Like, Mindseize was Jaleva featured, and uh, I think it was Eternal Bargain was the name of the deck. Was Aloro. Mm-hmm. So just, just the fact that we got Aloro to, like, a commander pre-con <laughs> deck two weeks in a row is absolutely absurd. Like, and here I thought we'd be talking about... Th- I thought we were going to get surprised. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's not much to tell about Aloro. I mean, that's a lot of people's, like, gripe with him, I guess. Yeah. Is that you don't have to do much. You build Esper Toolbox, and you sit there and gain life. Because for those who don't know... Aloro costs three white, blue, black for a four, five. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you gain two life. And whenever you gain life, you can pay one colorless. And if you do that, you get to draw a card and drain everybody one life. Um, But no one seems to really care about that because the main point of Aloro 
is that at the beginning of your upkeep, if he's in the command zone, you gain two life. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the big gripe. People thought, people were like, yeah, we get it, wizards. You're expanding your design space. But people don't like that he does something from the command zone. They think it's just cheap, that no matter what, you're gaining the two life. But obviously I pulled this deck apart since it's been pulled apart forever. I pulled up using the white-blue land I had in the deck. I built Tiny Leader's Daxus yeah. of Miletus. Yeah. And using the blue-black land, I built my current Lazav, Lazav. deck. Yeah. And my white-black land is sitting in my box doing nothing. Um, I, mean, I mean, to be completely honest, though, I've been considering rebuilding Aloro. Mm-hmm. But uh, the more I'm playing Commander and, like, just in general learning the format and, like, getting better as I go. Yeah, Oloro is very good just in the command zone. Just, like, there's nothing wrong with letting him sit there. Like, it can be pretty It can be pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but if I rebuild it, I don't think I'm going to play it anywhere the way I did. Like, no. certain things I'm still going to do, like Toxic Deluge, which is a really good card that came in the deck. Mm-hmm. Two and a black as additional cost, pay X life. All creatures get minus X minus. That's great. Gets around yeah. indestructible. It's a, it's a very, very good wipe. And you're okay paying the life in Aloro. Yeah. Um, I th- and then you're gonna, I'm going to keep running the things like uh, Felidar Sovereign, which can win me the game if I have 40 more. Uh, when, Test of Endurance. When Cat wins. Yeah, when Cat wins. Test of Endurance, uh, two white, white for enchantment. If I have 50 or more life, I win. At the beginning of your upkeep? Yeah, my yeah. upkeep. It's, it's not just a random state-based trigger. That'd be ridiculous. But at that point, you make it a sorcery. That's true. Um, uh, Divinity of Pride uh, costs five Orshov hybrid mana. Uh, if I have 25 or more life, it gets plus four, plus four. And then, so if you do, it's... Because it's a 4-4 Flying Lifelink base, which is already a pretty good creature, but yeah. an 8-8 Flying Lifelink. Even better. Um, but what, what I was getting... The point I was trying to make is that if I ever rebuild this deck... Because when I... For the first time around, I was. I was very much the stereotypical Aloro player that people didn't like. But I'm like, oh, I don't need to cast Aloro. Yeah. I just let him sit there. Yeah. Gain my life. Gain my life. In the art, he's sitting there. Yeah, he's just chilling in his chair. Yeah. Um... But the point I'm making is, uh, he's actually worth casting. Yeah, like no, I, I agree. A six drop, four five. It's a decent body. I'm getting my two life anyways. But the fact that when he's on the field, I can pay that one colorless to draw a card and make everyone lose. Like making everyone lose one is is just a bonus. Yeah. But the fact that he can net me an extra card. That's and that, important. like, yeah, okay, so you get, most people aren't going to get rid of Alora. Like, that's my, that's my point is, like, you can let him sit in the command zone and gain your two life, or you can put him on the field and, okay, pay your one colorless a turn, net two cards a turn now, mm-hmm. and you're losing one life. Like, most people will be like, oh, that's kind of annoying. Maybe at some point someone will be upset with you and finally get rid of Alora because they yeah. don't like you drawing that many cards. Yeah. But, like... Okay, you're still going to gain your two life. You're never yeah. not going to get your two life. Yeah. But if you can let him sit there, people are like, oh, like I have other things to deal with. Because the like most people, I feel like a lot of people will sit there and be like, oh, he's going to gain his two life anyways. Why waste my kill spell or my yeah. counter spell on that exactly. Aloro? Exactly. There's but other then, you, to but deal then with. I'm slowly going to grind out card advantage on you. And giving Esper card advantage is a terrible, terrible <laughs> idea for most people. Because I'm going to hit my board wipe. I'm going to hit my remove. I'm going to hit my counter spells. So I'm going to hit my Felidar Sovereign. Like. I, I'm thinking of rebuilding this deck, and I think 
people should, in general, really reconsider just letting Aloro sit there. Yeah. The more I've learned about how valuable card advantage is, especially in Commander and a singleton format, I don't think I'd be able to pass up those that card draw anymore. I wouldn't be the same type of Aloro player I was. I'd I'd probably be even a little more of a dick. That could probably be even a little more <laughs> as per, like, assholey. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those things where I'm just like, oh, it's actually, he's worth casting. So for those of you who play Aloro and let him sit there, cast Aloro. It's worth it. That, yeah. that, that card. And, I mean, and I think what taught this to me was Ristic Study. Yeah. Ristic, I mean, Ristic Study taught me how backbreaking continual card draw can be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, random commander. I mean, it. I don't know what to tell you, Aloro. I mean, there's a reason he was banned in French Commander. Was he? he? Yeah, French oh. Commanders banned a X amount of people, and Aloro was one of them. And the reason they cited is that because French Commander is one on one. Yeah. Unless someone specifically brought happened to build a uh, commander damage. Yeah, there's Voltron really- kit. Like in one on one, he gives you. A sizable enough life lead in the early game. That's fair. Especially because all the back-breaking, like, fast start things aren't legal in mm-hmm. French Commander. They want you to spend your first three turns building more of a board, and Aloro gives you eight life by then. Yeah. And in Esper Colors, if you can That's just be like, important. okay, I've got ten more life than you to start the game effectively. Yeah. And now I'm playing the colors that have the best toolbox. I'm running... Doomblade's Path to Exile's Counterspell. Like, I'm running a very, very controlling archetype, and I got a life lead over you. If you're not playing commander damage, it is extremely hard to overcome that. And they noticed in French commander, like, tournaments, Olora was starting to make up too much of the field. That the same, the same, the same way Wizards goes about banning cards and formats, that when it becomes too much of the feel and it becomes oversaturated, it's time for a ban. Yeah. And that's, so he, he is a banned commander in French, in a French, because in one-on-one, that's that's rough yeah. if you're not building commander damage. Um, so, yeah. But if, if I rebuild him, I mean, yeah, I think I would just, I'm now on team cast Aloro over <laughs> team let him sit there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of took that one over, but I mean, like <laughs> like you said, I mean, I played him. He was my first deck. Like this yeah. is the deck I bought into. Yeah. Cause like every you know young player who doesn't who doesn't love their life game, who doesn't love just winning with win cats. Yeah, that's true. He does win. He does win <laughs> all the time. Hashtag win cat wins. I think I'm gonna make that a t-shirt. Yeah, just get it on like something. Hashtag hashtag win cat wins. Um, but so. Uh, not so random commander this week, um, <laughs> but uh, let's get into uh, the stories about our card pulls. Uh, why don't you kick us off here, Jeff? All right, sure, sure. Uh, so, um, I uh, I actually don't know if I even mentioned last week uh, what commander deck I have. Um, I don't I don't know if I ever. I don't think we mentioned who we mainly. I don't think either was played. Well, let's get that out of the way. Yeah, um, sure. I think I mentioned because I, I I mentioned in my funny comment like uh, when I was like oh like one year later yeah. a thousand yeah. five commander de- yeah um so for those of you for, for, for since I didn't say anything I think I just name dropped Lazav just a couple yeah. minutes ago but uh, I have uh, five commander decks built um, all decks that I love very much um, 
my first deck that I built seriously, uh, it's tuned for one-on-one play, and my absolute pet deck, and defines me as a magic player and what I like to do. Uh, Odric, Master Tactician, uh, White Tribal Soldiers. Um, I then have uh, Red, White, Iroas, the main idea being taking extra combat steps with things like uh, Aurelia, the War Leader, who's one of my favorite cards in Magic. Savage um, Beatings. Yeah. Let's not bring when, a savage. When you can find one. Yeah, I. Our local game shop, that's about the only card I have not been able to buy there as a single. I like to support our shop. I am so close to breaking down and just buying it on TCG Player. <laughs> but, I, but I told the guy I'd buy it from him. Yeah. Um, I have White Nahiri equipment, which obviously we talked about because we did Nahiri yeah. last week. Um, I have Blue Black Lazav control, which is just fun. Making Lazav into your opponent's Kozilex in the reference to Jeff is so uh, much fun. Uh, it's frustrating. Good old Lazavalek. It's frustrating. I can well, you casting Kozilex frustrating for me. <laughs> yeah, but I put him in my deck so I could play him. I, you didn't put him in your deck. You don't get to play him. No, you put him in your deck so I can. <laughs> I play the Zav so I can play your deck without playing your deck. I need to find another instead play of playing partner. instead of playing paying fifty dollars for a Kozilek. <laughs> I paid five dollars for a Lazav and fifty cents for a Doomblade. Yeah, and I got budget Kozilek, who's hexproof. Yeah, strictly better. Yeah, you don't get uh, you don't get the four cards though. Uh, the casting. Draw four cards. I don't need it. All right, right. I'll just. I'm. I'm running blue. I'll just run. I'll just draw cards normally. Um, Get your own and my cards. fifth and final deck. My most recent deck. That well, not final. I'm, I'm definitely not most okay. recent. Most recent. Okay, good point. Um, uh, probably my. It might be my new favorite deck. And yeah. lot of, like it's. Or it might be my best one. Like in in, in our games, he's been good. Uh, I recently built Earl the Miststalker. Yeah, another very controversial commander. Like, like Aloro. It. it has green. I approve. Yeah, you approve. You finally approve of a deck because <laughs> I can now cast Cultivate, and you're yeah. like, good on you. Um, but I I can see why he's controversial. Like he's very good. He's very straightforward and linear, but. I, would, I loved auras when we first started playing. Yeah. Like in the Duels of the Planeswalkers games, mm-hmm. I loved those aura-based decks. So to finally play a deck based solely on, and it's a, it's a hard lesson to learn as a new player mm-hmm. that in general, unless your creature is hexproof yeah. or indestructible, auras are a great way to get <laughs> two for one and worse. Yeah, three for one, four. Like my first standard deck was green white auras. Except it wasn't green white hexproof auras. It was just green white auras. <laughs> it was just green white. Get yeah, three for one all day. Yeah, and I didn't win much. <laughs> no, um, and then when I changed it to you know Glade Cover Scout and Witch Stalker, the deck got much better when yeah. you start ladling up hexproof guys. I bet. So I mean, you've played Earl now. Our games are neck and neck, and it's, it's fun. It, it's a blast. I mean, it's it's fun playing a, a playstyle you really enjoy. Yeah. And so you know what? I don't care that people think he's controversial. I like him. He's fun. I get to play Naya. I get to cast Daybreak Coronet, which is up there with Aurelia. It's one of my favorite cards ever. Yeah. And fun fact about Daybreak Coronet, I talked about you know playing it on a budget. Some people <laughs> might be thinking, oh, Daybreak Coronet's not a budget card. No, but telling your girlfriend that's what you want for Christmas makes it real budget. My Daybreak Coronet was free. Shout out to Christmas. Shout out to the girlfriend. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so 
now that I've hogged the mic again. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, what do you play? Um, so I play Omnath. Like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I play Omnath. Uh, Tyler originally, I think I think we actually might have told the story the first time. Tyler originally. I, th- I think we, like, alluded to yeah. him. Uh, he told me about Omnath. You know, after after I built my green pile, Tyler was like, oh, if you like playing green, you should play Omnath. You know, he's this really cool guy. You can float green mana, and he gets bigger for all the green mana. And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess that sounds fine. Like, whatever. Um, I wasn't really... Uh, I guess I was paying attention, kind of. Uh, but a couple weeks later, I was looking around at green commanders, because Patreon of the Arachi just was not doing it for me. And I came across Omnath, and I was like, wow, this card's great. And I went and I told Tyler, and he just looked at me a little... And almost slapped me. I was, just I was like, close. Just, oh, <laughs> you mean the car I told you about three weeks ago? I had, Jerk. I had no recollection of you telling me that. But, um, so yeah, so Omnath, you know, uh, he, he is my one and only deck. Um, I was thinking about if I, if he's I do. Your, he's your bae. Yeah. If I do get into tiny leaders, he's going to be my tiny leader. He'll forever be my commander. Just Omnath is great. Why play magic when you can just play Omnath? He is just. My hero. I'm gonna you can get your win cat win shirt. I'm just gonna get an Omnath shirt. Hashtag Omnath. Yeah. Just that's it. <laughs> Omnath what? Just Omnath. Yeah. I don't what else do I gotta say? Yeah. All you need is um, Omnath in your life. Um I, I feel we should bring it up because we both agreed it still upsets me that Omnath's casting costs is two colorless and a green. Yeah. He's the locus of mana. Mana and he, he's he is a one one just by himself. What makes him powerful, what makes him exist, is green mana. Shouldn't he be at least one green green, yeah. if not green green green? Yeah. Like, come on, wizards. Like, yeah. the dude, it's not like, he's not a like crucifix or anything. He doesn't turn it into colorless and stuff. Like, yeah. he, like you could you could play him in a Naya deck or play him in a deck that makes other mana, yeah, but probably. he would only ever float the green. Like, he only cares, like, he is, like, green, like, not even, like, green creatures or yeah. forests. I don't know. He just likes green mana just eating it all up how is he only going to be they had to make him splashable for some reason I, yeah I why, why do you why do you want to splash the creature <laughs> yeah. that only floats one type of the oh i'm going to splash green yeah, well he's going to float on my splashed mana cool dude yeah. like um, who plays omnath without playing hard green like yeah. christ um so so uh yeah omnath is is my one and only deck uh and over over the past few months maybe the year at this point um you know, my deck has been slowly getting more expensive, so I've been slowly getting more and more okay with more expensive cards. You know, when your budget creep. Yeah, when your deck's only fifty dollars, you know, you, you only want you know one or two dollar cards. But once your deck's about four hundred dollars, you're okay spending twenty or thirty. Um, and one of the cards I wanted to pick up was Berserk. Um, it pretty much for one turn you can double the power of one of your creatures. And in a deck that just cares about killing you with commander damage quickly, it's great. Oh, phenomenal. The only problem with it is it's like a $70 card? Well... 75 Well, the issue... The issue yeah, it's it's real, obviously it's very good. Uh, one green, double your power, get trampled for the end of turn. Grant, you sacrifice the creature. Yeah, but if I'm winning, turn. I don't care. Exactly. If you can just win because he has trample and he's huge. Um, the issue is... It's A, it's very good. And B, it was only... Printed mm-hmm. in Alpha, Beta, Unlimited, and I believe Revised. Yeah, I don't. 
I think it was only an Aber card. Um, I'll double check on that. Sure. But the only other printing that I know of is it was in From the Vault Exile. Yeah. And that's how it got a foil. And because it's the only foil, the foil from the vault is like a hundred, I think. Like it's it's a lot of money. Yeah. Meaning that because it's got such limited supply mm-hmm. and there's only one foil, it's even its cheap version is very yeah. The here I got the numbers now. Um, the foil from the vault version is seventy seven, and it was in Alpha Beta. It was only. In, it wasn't even in revised. It was yeah. in Alpha Beta Unlimited. It was in A Book. Yeah. Not even A Burr. <laughs> um, and so the Unlimited is obviously the cheapest, and that's that's eighty dollars. Yeah. So I think the foil might be the the cheapest. Yeah. The cheapest. Yeah. Because it's also. I don't think people like. People liked the original art better, I think. I think it's, like, the consensus that I heard. But still, the fact that the cheapest version is the foil, and that's $77, like... Yeah. There's four versions in existence. Alpha, Beta, Unlimited, and a From the Vault foil. Like, there's a reason. It's good. It's very scarce. That leads to an $80 card. Yeah. And so, I definitely did not want to spend $80 on a card. Um, Luckily, though, um, the... The, the local game shop we go up to, I was they have a binder and they have like oh, some messed I mean, up cards in there. Before we before we go on, I mean, what's the harm? I mean, uh, shout out to GameStorm. Shout out to GameStorm, Lamont, Illinois. You guys are great. You've done a lot for us. Uh, so yeah, hopefully this I gives lo- you some. I love the junk binder. Yeah, hopefully some of you, hopefully most people listening aren't just already people from around us, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, so they might be on. I think they have a storefront on TCG Player. So yeah. if you don't live in the Illinois area and you're listening to us, uh, maybe give them a shout out. We they, we do a lot of business with them. Yep. They're probably where most of that grand is gone that oh, we've yeah. spent. So uh, you guys are welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So shout out to you guys. You're awesome. And so uh, so I was looking around and the, they have a binder that's just kind of like messed up cards. You know, any like damaged anything. And I was looking around and I saw a berserk. And I was like, yes. I didn't know it was a Berserk because it was that heavily damaged. I, mean, I, just, I don't want to say. I was going to make the same. I don't think anybody knew it was a Berserk. Yeah. But uh, they they had it marked down like half off. So I was like, you know what? And it was an unlimited, right? Yeah. And it's, I, it's white border, right? Yeah. Was... And I was just like, I'm not going to drop $80 on a card. So I picked that up. 35 bucks. Uh, I'm not exactly good at altering cards but I'm, I'm yeah i'm trying to get better at it uh so i touched it up a little bit it looks a little nicer i mean i i you showed me the picture like i saw it before i saw it after and you showed me the side-by-side pictures like it looks way cleaner yeah. like it you made it go from looking like mm-hmm. a card that should be marked down to half off or more mm-hmm. to like if it were to go back in the binder, I think they'd put it in only like twenty bucks off. Like I think you added some value back to the card because you didn't really so much extend it. Yeah, no, as you cleaned up, up the border yeah. and like kind of cleaned up the green in the card. I mean, yeah. granted, there's not much you can do with the text box. Yeah. You have to get real fine with that. Yeah. But uh, overall, the I think the card, I think the card looks much better. You did a good job. I think it was a good investment given what skill you do have in altering. Like, yeah. like I said to you, I'm, I'm. Not really willing to ever go any less than, like, mm-hmm. lightly played or moderately played in some cases. I like my cards being very readable. Yeah. But, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I, I I can't... I understand why you would want to <laughs> get a heavily reduced $80 card. I've never bought any card that even has a value of $80, so... Yeah. 
but uh, but yeah, that's that's my story on how I saved forty bucks. So if you guys are ever in a similar situation, where you know there's there's a card that's damaged, and maybe you know if you want to touch it up a little bit, or if you don't mind playing damaged cards, you know that's definitely one way to go about it. Yeah, not not to mention like if there's someone like if you can get like say a damaged card or like uh, it's hard to read or like the the original art is almost gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're at that point where. If you know someone who actually does alters, yeah. you might as well do, like, an over-the-top alter. Yeah. Like, something where, like, they completely change the art or, like, something like Clug Alters does. Like, because mm-hmm. at that point, a lot of times they'll either, like, ma- they'll take the text box away mm-hmm. and then it's just a full art. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, in that scenario, the card's no longer tournament legal. Yeah. But still, you could take a card you now know for your own sake that it was the card you bought. And now just get a cool full full art alter on it. So I think it's worth it. I think it's cool. I mean, a lot of and a, and a lot and it's really only legal in Commander, anyways. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing Berserk, I don't think a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, it's not tournament legal." I'm pretty sure like you could full art alter it at Game Store. And I don't think anyone would be like, "Oh, yeah. like everyone at our Game Store at least is really cool." And I think about, "Oh, it's a cool alter." More than yeah. they would kind of yell at you about it. We don't really have anyone like that at the shop. Mm-hmm. Punch them in the head if they do. <laughs> Spent forty bucks on that card. Just give them the old beat down. Um, so yeah, so that that's my story. You got one? Yeah, I do actually. Um, the story of uh, my vampiric tutor. Um, for those of you who don't know, vampiric tutor again, a card I believe only legal in Commander. I think it. I mean, I, th- I mean, it might be restricted in Vintage. Yeah. Because I don't think it's legal in Legacy. Because it's another one of those cards that was only in a couple early sets. Yeah. Um, for those you don't know, uh, one black for an instant. Search your deck for any card and put it on top of your deck. You lose two life. So for one black and two life, you can put any card in your whole deck on top of your library. Super good. Actually banned in French Commander, one of the cards that they deemed I'm, too powerful. It should be. I agree. Yeah, I mean, for, well, one man at instant yeah. speed. Like, even compared to Demonic Tutor, which is one in a black, but it's also a sorcery. Like, yeah. Vampiric Tutor is really crazy. Um... But actually, I was at a, I lived the uh, the flea market dream. <laughs> um, I was at uh, a flea market because that weekend, I was out in Grant Park, Illinois, out like kind of in the country area uh, for my friend's college graduation party. Yeah. And um, the party was like Saturday or whatnot. For those of us who were still there Sunday afternoon, it was like, hey, who wants to just kind of go down to the this. Um, like a weekend summer uh, flea market. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, like, let's all go. Like, we all had a little bit of cash on us. Like, whatever. Like, so we went down to the flea market. Um, we all, like, there was some cool, I, everyone actually, I think, bought some stuff. Um, like, I think everybody got, like, it's, it's, it's interesting, the flea market dynamic, especially, like, out in the country where, like, you can actually, like, they get a lot of people. Yeah. It's not like in the suburbs. Like, well, there's no flea markets by us in the suburbs. Like, it's not another thing, but, like, yeah. At, like in the city, I feel like either really in the city where you go to like thrift stores and like they get a lot of business because there's like a lot of people around or you go to flea markets in the country, which is basically their version of a thrift store, except it's like having your own shop front instead of selling it to them. Um, it really is crazy. Like people treat it seriously. Like <laughs> some people think this is a Magic the Gathering podcast. And now we're telling you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm getting off track. <laughs> but, but it is. It's really, really cool. Like the Like as far as I can see, like. It's not, like, I was like, wow, like, there's so much stuff. And it's funny, like, the amount of, like, it really does range from, like, there's people trying to sell their trash out there on a table 
compared to people selling some like like wow like th- that's would a high end object. Would you say that they're selling vampiric tutors. This guy was all right. <laughs> yeah. So getting to the story, um, basically, I found a booth with a guy who sold magic cards, but his whole he had like a little outside booth, and he was like, "Oh, like for magic cards, inquire like to like me specifically." So I'm like, "Oh, like you sell magic cards?" Because they rented out indoor storefronts too. Like you could go into like a barn, and they had like storefronts. And so he kept all his magic cards inside in binders, priced out. It was all very cool. Like he did it. Just a guy who'd been playing in the 90s and then just got older got a family couldn't afford it it was better to just sell everything off and uh yeah just flipping through his binders flipping through his rares uh right there uh front page of the uh black rares binder vampiric tutor price 22 dollars how much does it go for usually uh at the time it was above 30 i think 31 32 yeah. it may have even gone up since yeah i mean the card, I think, is going to steadily rise. I don't think it's something they're going to be reprinting. Yeah, um, I should hope not. So, and and the best part is, is he had it marked at like twenty two, but I mean, it's a flea market. Who pays sticker price at a flea market? So yeah. I was like, give you a twenty for it. Yeah, yeah. Here's a twenty. Here's my vampiric tutor that I got at almost Half forty forty five percent off, yeah. like for a card that has been in every black command. It was in a Loro. And now it's in Lazav, and I wish that I could afford to get more because that card is awesome. I would like it's hard to not play that in black decks. It's good. So shout out to anybody who plays black. Like they might be expensive, but at the very least, get yourself some demonic tutors. Fifteen, sixteen dollars for two drop. Tutors are strong. Shout out to flea markets. You know. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> Sorry, I don't remember your name. <laughs> Sorry that I took you for fifteen dollars too. Water under the bridge, right? <laughs> All right, so uh, so what are we? Uh, all right, so we got the we got the budget stories. Uh, what else are we going to be talking about today? Uh, we, uh, I figure we should jump into uh, some spoiler stories. I mean, sure. not, not I mean spoiler stories, but spoiler spoiler talk. Sure. Um, Dragon's Turk here. I yeah. think we're all very excited. Uh, I, I know that me I and am. you <laughs> specifically have thoroughly enjoyed cons and Fate Reforged. Yeah. And, I was at the cons pre-release. You were at Fate Forged with mm-hmm. me. Um, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, I mean, I don't think we have the time to sit here and go through everything that's been spoiled. But uh, just off the top of your head, what are like three cards that you've seen spoiled that you're excited for or want to kind of talk about? Uh, I like the uh, what is it? The uh, the, the commands. The, oh, the new command cycle yeah, and yeah. like kind of like the now we got allied colored like instead of yeah. cryptic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prime, uh, pr- profane command. Now, yeah. we, now we got the dragon's name command. Like, I think we've got spoiled what? Uh, Ojatai's command yeah. and Atarka's command. Yeah, it's I. I like the fact. I like modal cards. I, I like something that isn't just relevant in one situation. You can put it in your deck knowing that. Probably no matter what happens, this is going to be useful for something. Yeah, you're going to draw this card and be excited because this is going to be relevant. Yeah. You're never going to really draw a command card and not use it. It's yeah. never going to sit in your hand all game. It's going to be relevant. Yeah. And it's, you know, obviously, you know, they're they're rares. Um, so, you know, they're they're probably going to be, you know, varying power level depending on uh, you know, their CMC and everything, but I just it's it's always nice to have different modal kind of cards. You know, I, I like the fact that they're bringing the command cycle back and everything like that. It's just it's cool yeah. to see. No, for sure. And uh 
I definitely like their new approach to modal cards. Yeah. That they did, like, just last year, was it? Or mm-hmm. now it says choose two. Yeah. And it's got the, like, bullet points. Bullet points. Mm-hmm. I almost want them to just go back and reprint every modal card ever. Yeah. Because now it's upsetting reading modal cards. <laughs> and it's just, just a giant, a like, list. paragraph. Yeah. Broken up by, like, semicolons. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. How did they not realize the whole bullet point thing was way better? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been excited for... I mean, a lot of things. It's hard to pick. What? Um, shout out to Zergo Bell Striker. I love my one dro- any, any one sort of one drop with two power, mm-hmm. whether it be one drop two ones or one drop two twos. Considering now we only have Isamaru and Zergo, yeah. but you know me, I love one drops with two power. Um, I don't care what you say. Back in my day, we had Grizzly Bears, and we liked it. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, and I think the next thing I'm most excited for right now is probably the new Sidisi, just from the point of view of my. Lazav deck. Having yeah. another tutor in the deck is... Mm-hmm. You know, if you play black, put new CDC in. Yep. The more you tutor, the better your deck's going to be. Like, it's just reducing variance. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, there's going to be variance in commandics in singleton format. 100 cards, yeah. like, good lord. Um, so, yeah. New CDC, slam it in your decks. It's awesome. I'm slamming it into... I originally was thinking of putting in the new Silumgar, as I've more been thinking about it. Yeah. Less so, but Sidisi's definitely going in. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not huge. We wish we played more limited, and we wish we, but we both wish we played more standard, too. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we wish we could talk more. I mean, we could sit here talking about what we like for EDH, but I think we already did. Um, so other than that, just from a fun point of view... Uh, shout out to Dragon Lord Servant. Uh, <laughs> dragon spells cast cost one colorless less. Yeah, uh, I might have to play standard. You know that hot Jun dragons. Yeah. Um, but in all honesty, I think I might end up playing Black White Warriors because now we got that. Uh, uh, who he was a one white white double striker, uh, a ration foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, human warrior, one white white, two two double striker. Whenever he ETBs or attacks some of the target warrior you control, gets double, double strike, strike, which is awesome. You right that like right after one drops with two power, you know that I love two three drops <laughs> that are two two double strikers. Yeah, fabled hero in my Odric deck is one of my favorite cards. I love that guy. Man, how much how much does it hurt that that card's a warrior, not a soldier? You know, that's been my whole life in with cons <laughs> is like that it's warriors because like they got uh mardu woe Ro- reaper yeah one white for two one but he's a warrior yeah i love it i love all these white creatures i mean three drop two two double striker one drop two one they're warriors though yeah odric wants soldiers soldiers, soldiers. <laughs> um so yeah i mean and then i think it's worth talking about just because it's the big hot new card um, obviously, we've got the new Narset Planeswalker. Yep. Um, uh, for those who haven't heard, uh, Narset Transcendent, two blue white, comes in with six loyalty. Say what? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, plus one, uh, look at the top card of your library. If it's a non creature, non land, you may reveal it and put it in your hand. I love that basically it said, oh, is it a card that would trigger prowess? Yeah. If it is, put it in your hand. Yeah. Um, Minus two, uh, the next instant or sorcery you cast from your hand gains rebound, Seems which, 
got like end hostilities or something. Like, yep, yeah, destroy everything. Uh, next turn, destroy everything again. Two free turns of just the board being clear and a yeah. control deck. And uh, minus nine, you get an emblem with your opponents can't cast non-creature spells. <laughs> That's absurd. Yeah. In all honesty, I mean, I think she's constructed playable. I think she's going to hit standard. Yeah. A four drop with six loyalty. A lot of people's original, like, right off the bat argument is uh, how can you play it in a standard environment that she can't protect herself? Yeah. But, I mean, if you can plus one her and, like, so she's coming down on, if you get her on turn four, she's coming down on turn four, has seven loyalty. Like, I think she's got enough loyalty to get through. And then she's only got a minus two to do her rebound effect. Like, I think she's going to see play. I think she's playable. And then, if at the very least, I think she's sideboard material for the control mirror. Because if you can get to, if you can grind out that extra card advantage, or maybe get a rebound spell, like, oh, like, I'll bounce your thing, bounce your thing. Or just that minus nine. If you can actually... Like, that, this might be one of the scenarios where the ultimate's actually worthwhile. Like, yeah. to race to. Yeah. Because if you can shut down your control mirror from now the person you're playing against who's playing control that can only cast creatures, they're going to be sitting there with, what, maybe their finisher, like Pearl Ancient or something? Like, yeah. that's going to be rough. So, I think she's going to pop up in some tier one lists. Maybe, maybe not. It'll depend on probably Magic Origins and how Senator looks moving forward. Yeah. But I definitely think she's going to find a home in at least a Tier 2 standard deck. I think she's good. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what the, the other Planeswalker we're going to get in this set is. People have been... I mean, yeah. Are we getting a new Sarkhan? Or is he going to be a legendary creature the whole time travel? Yeah. People are saying Nicole Bolas coming back, maybe. Maybe. Um and I like that now that Narset's a Planeswalker, so far we've been getting the redone versions of all the uh, cons. Yeah. We got the new monocolored Sidisi, monocolored mm-hmm. Zergo. We're most likely going to get a mono white Anafenza yeah. and a mono green Ciroc. Yeah. But since Narset is a Planeswalker now, who's going to be the mono blue like replacement? For those who read the story and stuff, I'm ho- I'm hoping we get a mono blue Tigum. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, real quick, um, I really liked her Uncharted Realms story. Narset's whole story was very good. I thought I it. liked how that it wasn't – I liked that her traumatic event to spark her mm-hmm. – uh, spark her uh, – spark, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Ignite the spark. Ignite the spark. That's what I'm looking for, <laughs> not spark the spark. Um, was like – most people, it was like, oh, like uh, – like wasn't like – Gideon, Shange, like most people, it was like very, it was like there was a, it was a near death kind of thing for most people, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. I like that Narset, she wasn't close to death, like she was reading a scroll and reading about like the fact that like her mentor Ojata lied to her about the history. Mm-hmm. Like the fact like that, that unbearable truth that like, cause her whole thing was the quest for knowledge and she couldn't handle the fact that like her teacher didn't tell her the truth. Like the fact that she ignited her spark reading a scroll yeah. is really cool. Like it's different. And I think it plays to Narset and how, like, intelligent she is. Like, that, like, n- like the pursuit of knowledge sp- ignited her spark. Like, not a near-death experience. Like, that's really cool. And I, I liked the ending a lot, too. The way, like, Ojita was talking to her and was like, so you know the truth now? And she was just like, yeah. And I was expecting Ojita to go all, like, Dragonlord on yeah. her and attack her. But he was yeah. just like, no, you're my student. Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. Find knowledge. That's your destiny. That's what I taught you to do. Yeah. Like, the fact that he was okay with her finding out the truth, that he, like, 
killed off Shu Yun and like all yeah. the like you know like banned the history of the Jeskai who are now the Ojita brood. So it was just a really cool like it was a, it was not the reaction I was expecting, but I understand it and it was cool. I agree. I thought it was I thought it was super awesome. I liked it. Um, um so uh like I, like you said, uh we're not huge limited players, so we're not going to spend too long on spoilers. So uh moving right along, um let's uh, let's talk about the dual decks. Yeah, definitely. Um so uh Jeff and I purchased uh the new dual deck that just came out February 27th, so just about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Elspeth versus Kiura. Um, we played uh, two sets of three game, yep. each piloting each the, of the decks. Each of the decks. Um, I mean, what were your initial thoughts like? Like after playing, like to the results, real quick. Um, in both games, Kiora uh, Kiora just, one and two. Yeah. Uh, it never went to three, and Elspeth never picked up a game. Yeah. But uh, so, what what was your initial like reactions and thoughts to the decks? I definitely thought both of the decks were powerful. Um, you know, having having played Soren versus Tibble and Heroes versus Monsters, yeah. we've played Speed versus Cunning. Yeah. Like uh, we we've played our fair share of the dual decks. I always thought that the dual decks they did a good Wizards did a good job of making the decks fair, but they were always fun to play against each other. We yeah. we played them a lot against each other. Definitely. Definitely, and but but sometimes you know, you you just you look at the cards in it, and you're just kind of like, ugh, like really, like like they're just not always good. And I get you know, not every card can be, and they don't they don't want to make the deck make the decks too overpowered. Oh yeah, because then just people would charge too much for them. Yeah. You would see too much like buy and resale, kind of like a true name nemesis or thought. Uh, Mind sees yeah. issue with training them assist. Yeah. Like you don't want people just doing that turnaround yeah. on you. But um, you know, the the decks were powerful, they were balanced, you know. I my my thinking for why Kiora was able to pull out every game, whereas Elspeth wants to be aggressive and kind of get the one drop, two drop, three drop. Yeah. Kiora is able to three drop, four drop, five drop, and just immediately stop Elspeth. From just getting any damage, especially because a lot of those things, like she's got like man of war things that are like yeah. dropping and setting Elspeth back a turn. Yeah, and it just it seemed possible, you know. Obviously, we didn't play as many games as, as we're going to. Yeah, um, but but the but the fact that back to back games, Cure stole it in two. Yeah, and both of us piloting the decks, like we we played. Four games, two each with a, the other deck, and like the fact, like it's kind of hard to argue against the point that, like, yeah, even with different pilots, and and you're talking to a guy who plays <laughs> yeah. mono white soldier, like that is what I play. It's what I'm known for at the shop. Like, Odric is my commander. I play mono white soldiers, and I even made the comment when we were playing that I'm just like. There's a lot of cards in here that I know. <laughs> Veteran Swordsmith, Mother yeah. of Runes, Dictative Heliod. There were a lot of Elspeth's Son's Champion itself. Like, yeah. there were a lot of cards in the deck that I'm just like, I feel like I'm looking at an Odric, like, commander hand. Like, I know exactly what I'm doing inside and out. I play tribal soldiers. Yeah. This is my play style. And to still have a deck that I was comfortable with, understood how it worked, knew how to play it. So we picked up this dual deck. We looked at the lists. 
I knew what I was doing. Like not, I didn't. Not, not, I did not. You, yeah, not that you. Well, not that you didn't. You <laughs> like, know how to play magic, yeah. but the fact that like some of these cards, you're like, oh, like you only vaguely knew it. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'd never seen this blue green mm-hmm. card before. Like, mm-hmm. so the fact that like you were able to get me two games in a row with a deck you'd never touched in your life versus a deck that was extremely similar to extremely similar to something that I am familiar and comfortable with playing is I think it speaks to it. Yeah. Um, my, I think what I noticed in a lot of the games was, you know, after Elspeth had kind of, you know, gotten her creatures out there, Kiora was able to just, you know, play the bounce spells or, you know, play the mass removal of just returning everything, uh, to, you know, the, all of Elspeth's creatures to her hand and everything like that. Whereas Elspeth didn't have a lot of ways to deal with what Kiora was doing. You know, Kiora is sitting there playing the you know giant krakens and and stuff like that, and Elspeth didn't really have a lot of ways to deal with it. Yeah, um, I made a very, I had a very similar observation. Like in, in a nutshell, Kiora more or less could answer anything Elspeth put down. Yeah, but Elspeth couldn't answer everything Kiora put down, mm-hmm. and. She Elspeth kind of could, but Elspeth had a much, much smaller window of opportunity to cast those answers. Mm-hmm. So, and what I, what I was thinking about is that, like, like I said, we've played other dual decks. Mm-hmm. If we were to, like, mix and match these dual decks and, like, oh, like, I'll take Elspeth and play it against monsters from Heroes vs. Monsters or play mm-hmm. it against Speed versus from Speed, like, or play it against Soren, like, I really think Elspeth against other dual decks of the past would be really powerful and yeah. would beat down a lot of these decks because it would be hard to handle. Definitely. It just so happens that Kiora is even better. There is yeah. some, like there's a Plasm Capture, the Culling Oracle, yeah. the the Snake thing, the Lakatl, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. So there, there was, so very fun. Um, but uh, so final uh, words then though, would you... Uh, recommend it for casual players. Definitely, I I really liked it. Um, you know, I I wasn't a huge fan of uh, Soren versus Tybalt. Uh, that might be because of Tybalt, but <laughs> I think that was a lot of people's reasons for not liking that one. Yeah, but I I really liked these decks. I I think you know I went a little bit out of what I was comfortable with. You know, playing blue with my green now, and uh, I like counter spells. I liked it. I like playing big guys and counter spells. You're going to be a Krufix player before <laughs> long instead of an Omnath player. Yeah, maybe. But maybe. Uh, so yeah, from a casual standpoint, I think I'm going to agree. I'd recommend it. Um, the twenty bucks. I mean, I'm a fan of a lot of the dual decks. Not many of them have been really that imbalanced, but mm-hmm. because of the raised power level, despite the fact that Kiora might have been a, even more powerful, I, w- I would recommend it. They were fun. I think Elspeth was good, and in all honesty, for you commander players who are thinking, is it worth it to me to get an Elspeth versus Cure dual deck? I would say maybe, because if you have a friend who likes the dual decks, mm-hmm. then I would say for sure, get your playtime in with the dual decks. It'll be fun, because um, they're fun to slam into each other, and so once you get your money's worth from playing the dual decks, there actually was some pretty solid commander cards in the deck. Now, granted, none of them are, like, crazy expensive. I don't know yeah. if you're going to be, like... If you're dropping the 20 
I don't think you're necessarily making your money back. No. But you're getting close. Yeah. Because between the fun you'll be getting playing the dual deck, but right off the top of my head, both both Planeswalkers yeah. are very commander playable. Mm-hmm. Elspeth Sun's champion with her wrath effect and just making soldiers, she's fantastic. Kiora, if you have the ways to protect her, that emblem is a blast in Commander, making 9-9 Krakens every turn. Yeah. And then else, I mean, Elspeth had a couple EDH playables, like things that I play in my decks. Mother like of Runes. Mother of Runes is very good. Um, Decree of Justice is very yeah. good. Yep. Elspeth herself is very good. I mean, Banisher Priest is just a Fiend Hunter, very good. Yeah. Um, now, granted, I mean, Banisher Priest isn't very hard to come by, but still, I mean, these were cards that were definitely very EDH playable. Uh, Captain of the Watch, if you're playing soldiers, like, so I would definitely say you're getting EDH. And then on Cura's side, the fact that you got Plasm Capture, like, you saw that that was crazy. Yeah. Um, a Whelming Wave, Aetherize, which we're actually going to bring up Aetherize mm-hmm. later in Talrand. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean the the Simic Sky Swallower was it, which one was the like blue green Hydra was that Nimbus Swimmer? I, nah, maybe. I'm not well, sure. either way. So yeah. the, there was a playable blue green creature. Yeah. Uh, the Coiling Oracle is very good. Mm-hmm. So, the, I mean, as an EDH player, I don't think either. I don't think we're going to end up taking these apart because I think we're going to slam them into each other a little bit more. I don't think. I mean, I don't need more mono white soldiers. I have all those cards already. <laughs> I mean, who knows? You might eventually steal those Cura cards for Krufix. Maybe. Maybe I'll just beat you to it. I'll build Krufix. <laughs> um, so from that point of view, not bad. Not a bad investment. I think it's worth, worth – with the fun you'll receive and the commander cards you'll get, I think it was definitely worth the purchase, especially the fact that we got to go in on it together. Yeah, so definitely. If you can find a friend who's willing to drop the other 10 for yeah. you, for sure, just both take which cards you want out of it after you're done slamming them into each other. Mm-hmm. So – uh I think an overall very positive review. Elspeth versus Cure is of all the dual decks we bought and played. I mean, I loved Heroes versus Monsters just because I'm yeah. Uh, the, the flavor behind that one was great. That was great, and I'm and I'm a little biased. Sun Titan, I think, rounds yeah. out my top three in terms of like my favorite cards. Period. I love Sun Titan. If I would have ever gotten to cast a blue Kronos, those yeah. games would have been way different. It was weird how often you did pull a blue <laughs> Kronos. Like we played so many games, but yeah, I mean. Like I said, Sun Titan. I own a foil version of every Sun Titan. Every, like, art, I own a foil one. Nice. Um, so, I mean, overwhelmingly, I think, positive on the dual yeah. decks. I give it five out of five stars. Well, that's ballsy. Five out of five? It's not, not even, like, a 4.5? It's, you know... I mean, compared to what we've played, <laughs> sure, yeah. five out of five. Because yeah. it is the best dual deck we've ever played, in my opinion. If there's another dual deck that comes out in the future that I like, I'll give it six out of six. Okay, so that's going to be how this works? <laughs> yes. Here it's gonna, okay. Um, but like we said, uh, speaking of Aetherize and the Kiora deck, I think that's actually a very good jumping off point to uh, welcome to this week's Commander's Corner, as named by Jeff. <laughs> Which now I've officially signed off on, for yeah. those of you wondering. I mean, you didn't really need to. It was going to be Commander's Corner, regardless on whether or not you signed off of it. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week on Commander's Corner, like we mentioned earlier in the episode, um, we are going to be talking about uh, Talrand. Um, Sky Summoner. Sky Summoner. Um, for those of you who, granted we're only two episodes in, but we'll, we'll squash the rumors now. Yes, last week we did Narset. 
This week we're doing Tall Rand. For the sake of magic OCD everywhere, the first five <laughs> episodes will be monocolored Commander Corners in Wooberg order. Damn. After um, that, we're, we're thinking about maybe doing allied colors and then enemy yeah, colors. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I don't think it matters as much. But That's as long fair. as the first five episodes of Commander's Corner involve Wooberg, I think we're going to make ourselves happy at the yeah. very least. <laughs> yeah. If you guys wanted to know about green cards right away, sorry, you're going to have to wait a little while. And just trust me, it, your heart is nowhere near as broken as Jeff's. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, Talrand. Um, so, okay. I, I feel like most people know who he is, but I mean, we'll read it off anyways. Sure. Uh, two blue-blue for a 2-2 two, two creature. Uh, but he says, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a 2-2 two, two blue drake creature token with flying onto the battlefield Ugh. and i didn't know this about him he is a merfolk wizard i Me. love the idea of just a little fish with a little magic hat on just casting spells that's great <laughs> i think you should be the one giving out like the art direction like like when artists they get like oh like the scene the yeah, character yeah. like they whatever wizard sends out to the artist like what they want them to draw yeah I think they should just give you that job so that you're, you don't have to be the one drawing the art, but you can set the direction. Like, I need a goldfish in a bowl with a Merlin hat and a bunch of fish I would, with wings around him. I would, absolutely, I would buy every copy of that card. I would buy the art for it. I would get that tattooed across my chest. As soon as he sends in the art, yeah. you talk to him about like buying the original copy. Yeah. That'd be great. I mean, I think it'd be a pretty... I mean, he might be more... If that was really the art, I think Tar might be more famous than Flibbeth as the yeah. unofficial mascot of magic. True. Blue always getting the mascot, man. First yeah. Jace, now Goldfish Tarin with a Merlin hat. <laughs> Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna buy a Tauren and I'm gonna send it to like an altar yeah. place. And I'm like, I, was I need just, a goldfish. Yeah. If, if any of you guys uh, can draw and you want to draw us a, a goldfish with a little yeah. Merlin hat, that's a good idea. Yeah. Send it please, to please MTG, email it. Yeah. M, M, uh, MTGJunkRares at gmail dot com. We would appreciate that or, so much. Or feel free to send it to us on Twitter. Tweet us a pic of your drawing. Mm-hmm. Or uh, same thing. Uh, it's. Our Twitter handle is at MPG Junk Rares. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for you aspiring artists out there, we'll we'll tweet out. You'll we'll retweet your picture. <laughs> we'll post it on our Facebook page. That'd be great. Goldfish in a goldfish in a Merlin hat. But uh, getting getting into Commander's Corner now. Um, <laughs> um, our favorite part about Talrand is, I mean, he lends himself to a budget build for you. Definitely. For you blue players out there who. Uh, Want to have answers and but can't afford things like cryptic command, force of will, and a mana drain. <laughs> uh, these bomby bomby cards you can for very cheap build Talrand and be rough to beat. I've played Talrand decks that yeah. like you can take a fifty sixty dollar deck and run over someone's five six hundred dollar de- like. Granted, that is the kind of things that lead to salt. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's good. Um, so obviously, the base idea is any instant sorcery you cast is you're garnering a board state with creatures too that that have evasion, which is yeah. which is the big big point that makes them so broken. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if this week's commander's corner is going to go as long as Nahiri because I don't think we necessarily have to make 
specific recommendations. Like, yeah. well, there are, there are obviously there are certain things that we're going to recommend outright, but mm-hmm. this is one of those things that like you can almost just turn. You can almost just. It's not unfathomable to think that you can just go buy a Tallrand and slam in low cost blue instants and sorceries and have a decent deck. Yeah. Just what you got lying around. Yeah. Doing a doing a quick gatherer search. There's about 150 spells instance that say counter target spell so if if that's the kind of thing if you want to have that blue control deck you know just uh yeah no you don't get to play that card i get a 2-2 you don't get to play that card i get a 2-2 oh yeah there's there's 150 how simple would it be like arcane denials only a couple bucks yeah a counter spell yeah because it was a common just blue Mm -hmm. blue counter target spell like Mm -hmm. the cheap ones are less than a dollar yeah um deprive is a Blue, blue, but you also got to bounce an island to your hand. Oh, yeah. But again, it's another two drop counter spell. Yeah. Uh, like, and then just put cancel, dissolve, disdainful stroke, which is solid in commander. Um, there, you can throw, you can slam about 12 cheap dollar or less counter spells in Tallrand, but that's back breaking in Tallrand because I'm going to counter your spell. So you're not getting what you were spending your mana on. So I'm, most blue players would counter it and be happy just to counter it because like, yeah. oh, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. But now I don't have to deal with that, and I'm getting a two-two Drake. Like it's it's absurd. Like barring mass board wipes, where but you're playing blue, counter the board wipe. Yeah. Like hold up that mana. Like play a negate one of the blue counter target non creature spell. Like just it's it's you can really just play tall Rand that's forty percent land, twenty percent counter spells. And 40% draw spells for all I care. Yeah. Draw cards, draw my counters, counter your stuff, attack with all these drakes. Yeah. Um, but uh, getting into some of the specifics, I mean, obviously, with the, some of the counter spells we already mentioned, just classic cancel, counter spell, dissolve, uh, rewind is solid, um, dismiss, which is a four drop, but you it nets you a card. Mm-hmm. Um and there are deprived. I think two counter. Denial. I think uh, there's two counter spells um, that, although they might not be 100 percent budget, they're very good in Commander uh, because it allows you to counter something and then tuck it, which put, mean, it, put it on the bottom of the library. Yeah. Um, the the cards specifically are uh, Spell Crumple and Hinder, mm-hmm. and because of their huge EDH impacts. The fact that they can counter someone's commander and put it on the bottom of the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both in the 6 to $7 range. Yeah. Um, which, but if the rest of your deck is going to be nickels and dimes yeah. and quarters, like, <laughs> yeah. they're too, sp- splurging the 12 to $15 to pick those up yeah. is very, very much worth your time. Yeah. Tolerant himself is a dollar, we said? I think so. Yeah. And, that, and that's, and not, to, even if you wanted to go foil, Tallrand was one of the intro pack rares in Magic oh, yeah. 13. Mm-hmm. So um, even the foil, if you just wanted to get a sweet foil Tallrand, it's not going to run you more than five, yeah. if that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then just cheap draw. You could play Brainstorm, uh, Ponder, Preordain, all these cheap one-drops that rip your cards and filter your deck. and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, think twice, Divination, like play them. Peak. Peak Gataxian probe, like cheap, uh, and then just so the main point is you want to draw cards, counterspell. Like you can, you could almost play Tallrand and no other creatures. That's not absurd. Yeah, creatureless Tallrand is not 
a bad idea. No. Because uh, you can then just play some of the blue, uh, just play blue answers, like budget, like just tempo people out. Because mm-hmm. then you're going to run into all these sweet, sweet drakes. Uh, rapid hybridization and uh, Pognify. Yeah. One blue, destroy target creature. Now they get a 3-3 in return. Yeah. But I'll happily kill your Kozilek and give you a frog wizard. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're playing rapid hybridization, you're you're giving them a 3-3, but you're still getting a 2-2 out of it. So... Exactly. It's not it's not terrible. And uh so things like that. Just uh or just bounce spells of uh, vapor snag, mm-hmm. uh disperse, just all these things that you're like, oh bounce it to your hand. Like, sure your bone might recast it, but you put them back a turn and you have a two two Drake. Yeah. So eventually you're just flying over the top of people. And you actually brought up a good thing. I actually didn't think it was a good card. I'm like, Oh, why would you play this? Everything's already got flying. But you, you made a good point. Um from Theros Block, mm-hmm. uh, Archetype of Imagination, yeah. uh, four blue blue. So yeah, it's a, it's a six drop, <coughs> but it could be considered a finisher because uh, creature it gives all your creatures flying, but it also removes flying from your entire opponent, all your opponents, yeah. and they can't gain flying. Yeah. either. they can't cast a spell that says, "Oh, target creature gains flying." Like that stops that from happening too. So if you could just be like, "Oh, I spent six seven turns building this army of drakes." Now cast this. You Turn have no way flying. Yeah. I swing in with all these drakes, and I get you for twenty or more. Like, yeah, that's it's pretty solid. So, uh, I actually like it as a finisher. The more I thought about it, so just definitely. Um, and then you could just play other things like uh, propaganda, stop them from attacking you. Just, mm-hmm. just really cheap spells to slow your opponent down. Because every spell you cast to slow them down is putting you one Drake ahead. So, I mean, I don't think it's necessary for us to throw out lots and lots of cards like you did with Nahiri. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, for those of you who want something that is powerful and possibly the most powerful budget commander deck you can build, look into Talrand. Talrand's very good. As much as I hate to admit it, he... He seems kind of fun. I don't like blue, but he seems kind of fun. Well, I, I think it's just fun because just you're just oh bounce like you're not doing any like broken blue infinite combo. You're just yeah. like temple you temple you like Drake yeah. Drake Drake Drake. Like it's just fun. Man. And you could always be that guy that prints out like tokens off like online. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite tokens I ever seen were someone building Talran tokens, and it's just little blue token two two flyer. Mm-hmm. But it's got a picture of the rapper Drake. <laughs> because he makes two two Drakes. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. If someone just like and like just the fate like it was like a smiling Drake, just yeah. like like looking really happy, just like, hey, how you doing? Like That's great. Oh, uh, so good. That's great. Um But before we uh close out this week, um I promised you all my little Talran pet deck. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was first originally thinking of building a Talran deck, I wasn't actually building budget. <laughs> if, if I had thought of that, the Talran deck would probably be done. Yeah. Because if I would have known that I could have spent 60 bucks and had a fully built Talran deck, yeah, I would have done it. Um, but my pet deck, for all of you out there who care to know, um, <laughs> part of me still wants to build it. I don't want to build Talrand good blue answers. I've always wanted to build Talrand 
tribal flyers. Because <laughs> you can play all the answers. Like, yeah, I'll still play counter spells and bounce spells. But I put 20% of the deck could be devoted to sweet flying stuff. Like, I want to play Wind Reader Sphinx in a deck that pumps out Drakes. What's that? Uh, I, for, I forget it's an exact CMC, mm-hmm. but it's a 6 or 7 drop for a 3-7 Sphinx with flying. Okay. But he says, whenever a creature with flying attacks, you can draw a card. <laughs> like, how much fun would it be, like, instead of drop, like, granted, Archetype of Imagination can finish the game. Yeah. But I want to drop my Wind Reader Sphinx, attack with six drakes, draw six cards? That yeah. seems awesome. <laughs> or then you could play uh, Warden of Evo Sile, which mm-hmm. is a little bird soldier, I think. Yeah. And he's like a four drop, like two two flyer. But he says, all creatures with flying you cast cost one less. So he's like a little he's like the little light goblin from Dragon yeah. from New Dragons of Tarkir. There you go. Instead of making dragons one less, he makes flying creatures one less. So if you play blue red dragons, you can put <laughs> both of them in your deck and make dragons cost two less. There you go. So <laughs> and then you could play uh favorable winds, creatures with flying get plus one plus one. Yeah. Uh gravitational shift, creatures with flying get plus two plus oh. Creatures without flying get minus two minus oh. Oh. So just there's just enough fun, silly cards to make tribal flyers work. And I've always wanted to do it. I probably won't because I think the next pet deck I'm building is going to be red, green, tribal wolf, werewolves and wolf ear. We need a, we need a legendary wolf werewolf. Yeah. We need a legendary werewolf. As of right now, the commander of that deck is going to be Rada hair to Keld just so I can play, um, the wolf lord who gives wolves death touch, but he champions an elf. Yeah. So that's the only reason I'm playing Rada is so that I can champion my commander to him <laughs> just so I can play the wolves have death touch because that seems good. Yeah. But I'm not going to play elf wolves just so I can champion an elf. Yeah. Let's make my commander an elf. That's that's nice. I, I like that idea. Um, but so I think that's going to wrap us up on Commander's Corner. Right. Uh, you know, just general play tempo cards with Talrand. Budget your opponents out, beat your enemies with a cheap deck as they play finely tuned multi-hundred dollar card decks. And then buy yourselves a couple Reign of Salt cards. Four red red, destroy target land, I think. You can just pass those out to all those people who get salty that your $60 (laughs) card beat them. (laughs) Oh man, you having a Reign of Salt? I'm sorry. Oh, that would infuriate me. Oh, God. That's how you get If if you, yeah, I'm going to say, if you have the balls to take my advice here... Be willing to also, you know, throw some blows. Yeah. <laughs> better, ba- You better back up you passing out rain assault cards. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really fast, I guess. I would just sit there just the entire game. That just... might lead to an actual table flip moment. Yeah. I would just sit there with a container of Morton salt sitting next to me the whole time <laughs> and just ask him, like, you want some? You want some? Toss some at them every yeah. time you get a little salty. <laughs> just like a little pinch in your hand. Jeez. That's that's how you get hit. Don't, I, yeah. Don't throw salt don't on listen your butt. We're a bad influence. <laughs> if you're ever playing with friends, not at some sort of tournament, you should throw salt on them all. Oh, yeah. I'll throw yeah. salt on you all day long. <laughs> like in, right here in my basement, I'll throw salt at you. I'll go upstairs right now and let's get salt to throw at you. Pocket salt. <laughs> God, King of the Hill references for the win. <laughs> so, uh, all right, yeah, uh, take us out. What are we? What's going on next week? All right. Um, so next week, I think we uh, we have Ghoul Caller Gisa. Yeah, uh, for Commander's Corner next week, the Black Commander we've picked. So you can 
spend your week looking forward to listening to us again. Uh, cool color Gisa. The uh, she was in the black precon from this year. She yeah. was, she wasn't the planeswalker commander, but she's one of the alternate commanders put in, and she's a lot of fun. You can build her on a budget. And that's who we're gonna be looking at next week. All right, cool, cool. All right. Uh, but, yeah, I think that'll uh, wrap it up for us. I uh, just wanted to say thank you guys for tuning in to listen. Uh, again, you should hopefully be able to find future episodes on MTG Cast and iTunes. I, I promise you all we are working on it. We're yeah. waiting to hear back from MTG Cast, yeah. and we're, we're looking into an RSS feed so that we can at least get up on iTunes. Yeah. Um, so once once we get all that figured out, you'll be able to find us on there. Um, you know, we hope that you uh, subscribe, and leave a comment, and all that. Uh, until then, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at MTG Junkers. Um, but yeah, I think that'll uh, do it for this week. I think it will too. And uh, to add, um, I think next week we're also going to be doing what we like to do every week, <laughs> and that is try and take over the world. <laughs> We'll see you guys all next week. See ya.